Blog Talk Radio. listening to hashtag just talk with Mandy Kenny. Of course. Have to throw my name in there, right? So last week I did the show on the uh, Standing Rock situation in North uh, North Dakota. Not North Carolina, North Dakota. Um, and if you didn't listen to that show, I'm gonna recap a little bit this show, but I'm not gonna go into as much depth about like the history and stuff because um, I want to talk about the current situation there. Um, I'm pissed off, as everyone should be. And what little media coverage there is, is basically making it seem like the Native Americans have won the battle and that, yay, they're going to reroute the pipeline. But they haven't said that yet. They haven't. So we're going to get into that in just a second. And I have some fun um, sound bites for y'all because I, I downloaded a, a, quite a few different um, videos and I've been watching all kinds of YouTube videos and watching and um, reading articles about what's happening there. I don't know of any new developments today, um, but I have been trying to, to keep up on everything that's going on, on out there because it's just crazy. Um, but you're listening to Green Party Radio, and we have other shows on this network. On Sundays, we have Green Party Radio at 9 a.m., and then the Green Progressive at 12 noon Eastern Time. I'm going to say Eastern Time on all of it because I'm in the Eastern Time Zone. Um, Mondays, Real Talk with Chad Cushman at 7 p.m., and then he has a show again on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Tuesdays, hashtag Just Saying with Mandy Kinney, 7 p.m. every single um, Tuesday at 7 Eastern. Wednesdays, Green Party Radio at 9 a.m. So we got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're, we're trying to add more shows, and we're trying to keep y'all informed and entertained. Maybe more informed than entertained. I don't know. Um, but you definitely need to listen to some of the other shows. If you ever miss a show and you want to go listen to it later on, um, or you can go to Blog Talk Radio, and we are the Green Party Radio Network. If it's one of my shows, you can go to my website, www.mandykenny.com. I make it very hard. Um, and if it's one of the Green Party or the, the Green Party Radio or Green Progressive, you can go to greenpartyradio.com. So we're trying to make it easy for everyone to um, to hear us contact us and as I say every show just to give you a little bit of a background my background is not in politics it's not in history it's not social studies nothing like that at all my background is completely in athletics Um, and until this year I pretty much ignored all things social studies like I have a bunch of history buffs in my family and I pretty much tried to ignore like all things geography, history, um, politics, you know, not just because they would ask me where a country was, and I can't point it out. I don't know the capitals of all the countries in the world. So I got interested in Bernie Sanders, and the media wasn't covering him. And if you know much about, you know, if you were a Bernie fan, you'd know there was a lot to know about him. And he had, a, you know, over 30 years in the Senate with a track record that was awesome. And I heard him talk like one time on TV and I was like, he's the man. So I wanted to know more and TV never said anything about him. Not much anyway. So I started researching and the more I started researching, the more I started getting more curious and the more I um, started getting kind of pissed off at the, at the government. (laughs) Um, my mom told me one time that they've done a study that people who watch the news more often think that the world is more dangerous than it is, and people who just go out and live think that, that the world is safer than it is. So I'm probably somewhere in between because I certainly go out and live, but I have been trying to follow the news and research different things I'm interested in um, throughout the past pretty much this year. Um, 
and I was asked to do a radio show, and I didn't want to just do a talk show where I just talked to myself for an hour. I really wanted to try to disseminate some of the information that I was finding through research because I have the time to do the research, and I know a lot of people don't. Um, And I also have the passion to do it, and a lot of people don't. So if you don't have the passion to do the research but you want to know what's going on, listen to my show each week. I pick a topic each week, and I research it thoroughly, and then I talk about it. And, of course, I'm an opinionated person, so you'll always hear my opinion. Um, but I do try to get the, both sides of the story. I try to get to understand the, um, the perspective of each side of an argument so that I can kind of have a more well-rounded opinion on things. But to get back to um, Standing Rock, so just to recap some of this, some of this is still is from last week, but if you didn't listen, you can at least understand what's going on. So if you're like me and you ignored all things history, um, way back when, hundreds of years ago, basically Europeans came to America and stole the land from Native Americans. They called them Indians because the idiots thought that they had landed on India, which is way far away from here. Um, and Native Americans don't really look much like Indians, but they had kind of a red tint to their skin, so they weren't like European pale-ass white like we are. Um, So they landed here, and they pretty much were like, ha-ha, we discovered a new land, and then the Native Americans were like, nope, this is our land. They were like, nope, we're taking it from you, and then there was this whole thing called the Trail of Tears, and they like – basically forced all of the Native Americans off the land over here. Actually, and this is a little known fact, but during the um, early slavery years, before like the slavery triangle with Europe and Africa came about, um, they we actually took Indians or Native Americans, but I'm going to probably refer to them as Indians sometimes because that's what a lot of people refer to them as. And that's what they called them growing up, but the politically correct name is, and the actual correct name is Native Americans or indigenous people. Um, but so the Europeans were like, haha, you don't speak our language and we have, we're stronger than you. So they took the, a lot of Native Americans as slaves. Unfortunately for the Europeans, a lot of the Native Americans, I mean, they knew the land and they knew how to escape and they knew how to be quiet. They knew, you know, they, they knew their way around and the Europeans didn't. So um, the Europeans were, were not very successful in enslaving Native Americans because the Native Americans, this was their land. So basically, eventually we were like, ha, ah, we'll just steal a bunch of black people from Africa and enslave them to bring them over here. They don't know the land. We'll enslave them and we'll move all the Native Americans off this land because they don't deserve to be here. Yes, I'm pretty sure those were the exact words that came out of their mouth. So then there was a trail of tears when they forced them all out west. But then America was like, oh, we're going to be all compassionate. We're going to give you your own land. And they, we gave them what we call reservations. There were all these trees determining, okay, this is your land. We won't touch it. We won't do anything with it. And then, you know, if, if we ever want to revise the treaty, then these are the rules that we'll have to abide by. And then, of course, a few years later, the government was like, hey, never mind. Um, we're taking some of this land back because we want it. And then they would come back a few years later, never mind, we want this land back too. And all of this is important for you to know because the land that is in dispute right now in North Dakota, a lot of people are arguing, well, it's not their land anyway. Well, those people don't know what they're talking about. It actually is their land. It was part of the Treaty of Laramie. I'm sorry, the Treaty of Fort Laramie, which I believe was in 1868. And we gave them, the Sioux Indian tribe, a huge plot of land. And we said, here, this is all yours. And then, like I said, twice, we came back and said, ah, never mind, this isn't yours. And we had put in place, if we wanted to negotiate the terms of the treaty, how that would happen. We didn't even approach the Native Americans to, to negotiate. We just said this is what's going to happen, and they had no say in the matter. So one specific provision of it that's interesting basically says um, even if 
even if land around your reservation is not technically part of your reservation, if you use it for hunting, gathering, water, whatever, you can use all of the land around that to survive on. You just technically can't live on that land, right? So it kind of was like a, almost like a buffer between like America and the reservations. So, and they really think of themselves as their own entity, their own government, their own like nation within a nation, right? Because I mean, the United States was actually theirs to begin with. Um, but they, they have their own tribal councils. They have their own, like, constitution type of things that they follow. So it's not as though they're a bunch of, like, people running around, you know, they're, like, lawless. They're very peaceful people. They're very spiritual. And they have um, a very big foundation of, of um, you know, rich history. You know, America, United States, hasn't been around all that long. But Native Americans were here long before the Europeans were here, before we had the United States. So we agreed that in the treaties, we agreed, hey, this is your land, and all of the land around it is not really yours, but it's not really ours, because we're going to share it with you, and you can come on that land and hunt, fish, gather, you know, get a water supply, all of those things, right? So all of that leads up to what's happening now. Energy Transfer Partners, and they are building the Dakota Access Pipeline. And the Dakota Access Pipeline will move 470,000 barrels of domestic crude oil a day through four states. It'll run near Standing Rock like the near the Standing Rock Sioux Indian Reservation in North Dakota. So I say near it because it's part of the land that we stole back from them, but it was originally theirs. And then it'll directly go under their main source of water. So the water, that's what the big fight is about, is there, if this is their main source of water, and they don't want their water to be tainted by crude oil. Because it's not a matter of if, there will be a leak. It's a matter of when. And not only that, but there are certain allowances that the government gives that they allow the, the pipes to leak a certain amount before they actually have to go repair them. Now, that amount that it's leaking, is pro- that the allowances are probably not huge, but even one drop of leaked crude oil in our fresh water is one drop too many. So the Native Americans have said, this is a stupid idea. You should not run a major pipeline under the main water supply for millions of people. Note, I said millions of people. It's not just, the Native Americans are not just fighting for themselves. They're fighting for the millions and millions of people who rely on the Missouri River as a main source of, of fresh water. It's a huge river. If you're not familiar with it, go look it up. It is a huge river. It pretty much provides water to about, I think I heard this, a third of the United States. So, I mean, and they're pretty far north. So, think about how many people could be negatively impacted by having dirty water. I mean, you know, we, our, our government, I, I love America, don't get me wrong. I I am very proud to be from here. I have traveled to other countries. I know um, pretty much how other countries view us. Um, some countries view us as great. Some countries view us as ignorant and um, very conceited. You know, I know I I'm 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 intelligent enough to know we're you, no one's perfect. We're not perfect but I am proud to be from America. So if I sound like I'm bashing the government, I'm really not. Like, but I think that there are a lot of things that have gotten out of control that we need to do something about. And I think knowledge is power. So the Standing Rock Sioux Indian Reservation in North Dakota, it's right near this, the land that is Corps of Engineers and the North Dakota state government insists that they had no plans to forcibly remove the protesters, but there are continuing there there've been continual reports about government officials attacking the protesters. Um and the Standing Rock Sioux, they oppose the pipeline running through its at its current path, but they don't 
necessarily oppose the pipeline completely because they know that we are very reliant on on fossil fuels. Um, that's another issue in and of itself is clean energy, which we do have the ability to be completely self-sustainable and create jobs on on um, renewable energy. However, a lot of the really, really, really rich people make more money on crude oil than on um, fossil fuels than they would clean energy. So for the foreseeable future, fossil fuels it is. The Sioux uh, Indians or Native Americans are not opposed to the pipeline itself. They're opposed to it going under a huge major water supply for millions of people. They say it, uh, and not only that, but it, it goes through some of their sacred land. So, and that was, I originally thought that they were just fighting because it goes through their sacred land. Like they, they have um, burial lands and things and the pipeline is, is going through there. Um, I can only imagine if they have like ancestors buried there, how um, devastating it would be to see them just being bulldozed over and, you know, dug up and bones just scattered. I don't know. Um, but, it goes through their some of their um, sacred sites, but it's more importantly than that, it's about the water supply. So the people who are, who are quote, protesting, um, they're actually, they prefer to be called water protectors because they're, they're really fighting for clean water is all they're fighting for. That's the vast majority of it anyway. So they've been out there since April of, 2000, of this year, 2016. I have heard some people say, well, they didn't file all the paperwork ahead of time, so, and now they just want to break the rules and um, they just want attention or they just want money. That's not true. They did jump through all the hoops they were supposed to jump through, and all along the way the government has said, like we have since day one since we stepped foot here, Screw you, you're Indians, we don't have to accommodate you. Um, and in fact, the pipeline was originally supposed to go through Bismarck, North Dakota, but it's primarily a Caucasian area. And they said, this is going to endanger our water supply. So the government said, oh, okay, so we'll just have it go through, like, the Native American land instead, or Native American area, because, you know, they're powerless. Luckily... They're not powerless because power comes in numbers sometimes. So um, the what's interesting is that, you know, they're called protesters and a lot of say, or, or the, the, I guess the police officers or military, I, I keep calling them militarized police officers because they have like machine guns and stuff. Plus, they're torturing the people there. I mean, it's ridiculous. That, and I'm, I'm saying violent acts of torture. I am. Because it's escalating as the number of people grow at the camps. And they are spraying them with water in below freezing temperature. They're macing them. They're um, putting off concussion grenades. They are shooting them with rubber bullets. They are, um, if anyone crosses the line, they tackle them and shoot them with rubber bullets. It's ridiculous. I've seen videos of these things. So um, to those people who dispute that any of this is happening, I would like to see their proof because I have seen proof that this is happening. So until I can find proof otherwise, and believe me, I have looked, it doesn't exist because this crap is really happening. It's happening. In fact, two weeks ago, officers, you know, I said they sprayed um, water over people in below freezing temperatures. They were peaceful protesters, and there were over 400 people who were sprayed with the water. And it wasn't just like a water hose they were spraying with. They had, like, water cannons at one time, and at one time they had the, I mean, the, the firemen fire trucks spraying fire hoses of water. Okay, do you know how much that water pressure is, first off? I mean, it is strong, and it goes far. So that would hurt if it hit, number one, even on a hot day. Number two, it was below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So the water literally was causing people to freeze, and people got hypothermia. 20 different people had to go to the hospital with, on an ambulance. I mean, it's ridiculous. And this is our own government officials doing this to peaceful protesters to peaceful water protectors. It's ridiculous. So they've, had, they've made, like, various 
threats, if you will, and I say they, the, the government. So the Mort- Morton County Sheriff's Department is apparently the spawn of Satan um, and has a whole bunch of people working for him that are the spawn of Satan. But they basically are, are, are the biggest culprits in a lot of this. Um, also, the North Dakota governor is basically saying, screw you guys, you know, we're not helping you out. The Army Corps of Engineers hasn't really helped him out. Obama, at one point, pretended like he was going to help him, and then he didn't. Not really. Maybe for a weekend or something. Delayed something for, like, a weekend. So they keep telling them that you're going to have to move to a different location. They keep saying, you know, otherwise we're going to remove people. At first, they did say they were going to physically remove people. But then that very same day, they said, never mind, we won't make people leave. We'll just encourage them to leave. I'm guessing by encourage them to leave, they mean, hmm, with water cannons and tear gas and everything else. But it's not going to work. And then the governor of North Dakota later, like a day or so later, said that that they're not going to physically remove anyone, but he's going to fine every single person bringing any kind of goods to the water protectors. He's going to fine each of them $1,000. And then he also ordered a mandatory evacuation by December 5th, which was yesterday. And he said, quote, for their safety because of extreme weather conditions. So he didn't worry about their safety when it came to below freezing temperatures um, and hypothermia and people being sprayed with water. But all of a sudden, now that they want to access the land that they are on, they want to they evacuate them for their own health benefit. It's bullcrap. So I played this clip, um, this audio clip last week, but it's really a great indicator of how the veterans feel about the situation at Standing Rock because the va- veterans are joining the protest and they're actually wearing the flags upside down on their uniforms because they're, they're saying we're in distress. Um, I mean, they're, they're like the, they're saying we, it's our duty to protect Americans. It's, it's our duty, foreign and domestic. And it's just very unfortunate that terrorism is what we're seeing from our, our police officers, from government officials. So check this out. As a veteran, I took an oath um, to, to protect the people against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and protect the Constitution. I'm not Native American, but I am white. And, and we took an oath to defend these people. And right now, this nation is facing a domestic enemy, DAPL, enemy transfer pro, uh, partners. I've only done that at specific times, uh, and, and it's in accordance with U.S. flag code. Not meaning to be disrespectful, but we are in, in distress. And that's exactly what's occurring here. This is extreme risk to life and property, because when you threaten um, several million people, their uh, drinking supply, that's a threat to life and property. I'm sorry, but so that warrants uh, me inverting the American flag the way that I do. The First Amendment right grants us, as American citizens, the right to freedom of speech, uh, to address our government whenever we have, whenever we take issue with something, and to be able to do that without. Uh, fear and intimidation being utilized against you to try and silence you. By turning in your badges, putting down your guns, refusing to carry those purpose canisters. And look, there's been helicopters following us wherever we go. I haven't seen that since I've been in Afghanistan. The Constitution is meant to protect the government from infringing upon that. And when they don't do something, when they don't intervene, when we don't have our most senior leadership here in the mainstream media, doing responsible reporting, that's a betrayal to service members who served all across this country to protect these rights. They're still utilizing. What do you think? I mean, I, I was encouraged that the veterans are standing up for the Native Americans because somebody needs to. And there are a lot of citizens who are standing up for them. There are. So it's not as though everyone is against them. But the government has not stood up for them, and that's their responsibility. 
So the reason I wanted to do the show again this week on Standing Rock is because um, there have, have been some developments. So on December 4th, which was this past Sunday, the Army Corps of Engineers, they, they decided that they were going to deny the necessary permit to drill under the river. So they said basically with, with the easement, we're, we're not granting you that. We're not granting you the ability to drill under the water. Otherwise, you will, you will face a severe fine, right? But the company came back and said that they're not going to stop construction, that they already agreed on this pipeline, this route, that they're going to continue on. So, you know, at first everyone was like, yay, but now they're saying the fight is not over. So here's another clip um, from people out there. And I'm playing the clip because they express themselves better than I can because they're there. So here, this one's called The Fight Is Not Over. Drum beats, cheers, and tears. The sound of victory for the Standing Rock Sioux and thousands of others gathered to stop the Dakota Access Pipeline. This mass of humanity living off the grid, joined by thousands of military veterans, helped exert so much political and legal pressure, effectively forcing the pipeline to be rerouted. People have... Uh said that now this is uh either we make it or break it and uh i guess uh we made it the pipeline was almost to the river when it was halted by the army corps of engineers so it could take another look at the path sunday officials decided it was a no-go for months the Sioux Nation had been demanding the project be scrapped. They were convinced the pipeline carrying crude oil underneath the Missouri River would one day leak. So it went on further, but I've cut it short um, just for the interest of time and because you get the you get the point. But so the fight's not over, right? And then um, I watched um, another another video because the energy partners, they're actually still drilling. They haven't stopped. So this one, they were saying, this is an emergency. There's an emergency here. Listen. Oh, we are live. I'm going to start zooming in a little. Hold on. And rolling. Live. Okay. Hello, everyone. Emergency announcement today, okay? I was just over at the Sacred Fire making this announcement. Dakota Access Pipeline is still going to go underneath Lake Oahe. They are not going to listen to the Army Corps of Engineers denying the easement. They don't care about that. They're still going to go ahead. Now, a lot of people here at camp are celebrating. They're very happy. And, I mean, I was too when the announcement came yesterday. But we need to realize today that the company, Energy Transfer Partners, does not care about the uh, easement being denied. They're going to go ahead and drill on anyways, okay? So a lot of people here are getting ready to leave. They think this fight is over. It is not over. We need to stay here and we cannot be fooled into thinking that it's over. So please, spread this message around. This is very, very important. Please share it immediately. This is ongoing. It's not done. It's not over. A lot of articles are coming out. Protesters win. Water protectors win. You know, the tribe, the tribe was victorious. No, 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 no. That corporation is still going to go underneath the river. They don't care about the easement being denied. Get this message out, please. And if you are not here with us today uh, at the camp, and we are here at the camp. We are actually in the van right now. Chuck, can you go ahead and uh, turn the camera around to show people the snow? All right. So he's freaking out. He's like, seriously, people are starting to leave, and we're not safe. They're drilling. They're drilling under the water still, even though it's against the law now. So remember, everyone, you know, the media and the government is trying to make it look like these crazy hippies are out there with the Native Americans. They're being violent, and they're breaking all these laws. But in reality, it's the Energy Transfer Partners company, and they have no repercussions. And in fact, before they got all of the permits, they started the permits to um, start clearing ground o- around where the, the tribal grounds are. There, I watched YouTube videos. I watched Facebook Live videos of people already protesting, and they were already 
clearing the land, doing construction on the land, even though they didn't have permits yet. So this company he continues to break the law. They're, they're continuing now, and there's no repercussions at all. It's just, it's crap. But, okay, on a more positive note. So I told you the vet, you know, I played you the, the audio just now that the veterans were going out there. So thousands of veterans who said that they were going to the encampment, they did indeed go on um, most of them on Sunday, this past Sunday, December 4th, because remember the evacuation was supposed to be on December 5th. So they went to defend the water protectors against like basically the government officials because they say it's their duty to protect Americans from both foreign and domestic threats. Um, and they felt like this was a, a domestic threat. But not everyone was actually happy to see them. Some of the people from the neighboring towns are tired of extra people being all around. All the hotels are booked up completely, and some of the locals are threatening people. I actually watched a YouTube video today of these two guys in a car who were trying to pull away from a hotel, and these men, one of, the, one of them had a mask on, and one of them just was holding something in front of his face. But they had baseball bats, and they were threatening the guy, saying, get out of here and don't come back, don't come back. So there are definitely people there who don't support the the Native Americans, who don't support, you know, the people in the towns around there. They don't like all this attention, all of the, the traffic, whatever, which is kind of odd because I thought they'd be happy to see, like, for one thing, new faces because, you know, it's always nice to see new people, right? And then more importantly, because it's probably really good for their economy, when else has every single hotel room in the city been booked up? Just wondering. Um, and the Morton County Sheriff's Department uh, is obviously not happy to see them. They're part of the, as I like to call them, the torturers. They're the militarized police that are basically allowing all of this to happen and joining in on it. Like they are being violent towards the peaceful protesters or water protectors. It's ridiculous. So they released an interesting video explaining how they feel about the veterans. Apparently, the veteran, they're, they're saying the veterans were viciously attacking them, and there was two female sheriffs. Now, I'm a female, so I can't be sexist, right, if I'm a female? I don't know. Either way, I'm all for, like, women's lib. Women can take care of themselves. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I work full-time, and I support myself. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all about, like, women's independence, right? Um, that, that I'm, I'm saying this just because these were females, but I think that they were trying to tug at the heartstrings of the public. And the way I, I came across this video was kind of funny because I was actually watching a Facebook live video of someone who, you know, they were showing what was really going on out there. And then they were, there was one where this veteran had walked like, 200 miles and then got a ride for the other 800 miles or something, left his job, left his family, left everything just to go fight with the Native Americans because he actually, um, you know, he felt strong for the, he felt it was his calling. So I was watching a video about that. And as soon as it ended, up comes this, the Morton County Sheriff's Department video. And they've released a lot of videos. So if you go to YouTube, you can just type in Morton County Sheriff's Department. And it's kind of entertaining because, I mean, they're obviously very biased. Um, but they also are, are, I mean, it's just common people who are not actors or actresses or whatever talking. But they're a bunch of assholes, if you ask me. I just, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of cops anyway. Um, but anyway, so here's the, the two female sheriffs talking about how vicious these veterans are and how, how they're attacking them. The individuals, they drove to the, um, the point of the, what we call the peninsula of Turtle Hill, the base, um, where the river separates there. Um, multiple vehicles were there, about four or so. And they started to take ropes and grappling hooks to try and break the wire that we have set up. Calling us every name in the book. They started throwing snowballs at us. A lot of them said they were veterans and that we're, we should be ready for what's coming. They have all their 500 veteran buddies coming to uh, pretty much take care of what they need to take care of. We could see them um, huddling down like Lindsay had said, and, um, and you could see that they were taking more time to make the snowballs, 
they at least two of them identified themselves as, as veterans and what's disappointing to me as a law enforcement officer is that we have veterans that are going out and doing stuff like that that they say, say that they stand for our country and stand for our flag but yet they're going out here they are throwing snowballs they're cursing vulgar things at female officers we had other veterans on the banks there and it's just disappointing that they're disrespecting everything that they say that they stand for. Okay, so hold on a second. Let's back the truck up. Hold on a second. So you're an armed law enforcement officer, and the worst thing you can find that these, quote, violent protesters are doing is they are cussing and throwing snowballs. Really? Really? They're throwing snowballs and cussing. And heck, for all we know, there was no video of it. For all we know, they might have been having a snowfall fight with a snowball fight within them the, each other. And yeah, when you have a snowball fight, you throw snowballs. You make them as big as you can. You pack them and you throw them at people. That's what you do. That's what's so fun about snow. Well, one of the many. Anyway, I just busted out laughing when I was watching that. And I had to rewatch it multiple times because, for one thing, their accent's kind of entertaining to me. For another thing, just the sheer fact that here are armed police officers in uniform talking about how the veterans are there and they're they're just making it worse. They're so violent. They're 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 cursing and throwing snowballs. Anyway, so I posted something on Facebook when I found that video because I just thought it was hilarious. And I'm guessing the Morton County Sheriff's Department, because they're such brilliant people, I'm guessing they thought that they were gonna like tug at people's heartstrings. But I gotta tell you, I posted it on Facebook in multiple different groups, and some of the responses were hilarious. And apparently this, that video is kind of going viral right now. Um, but somebody posted in one of the links, they said this is the best reaction yet. You have to listen to this. And if you could see it, it's even funnier. It's a Native American woman sitting in a car, um, and she is, I guess, Facebook live streaming. I, I want to be best friends with this lady. Hey, Sharif Oitland here. I'm almost home um, from a great day in uh, New Orleans where we um, confronted Chase Bank and investors in the Dakota Access Pipeline. But I just saw this video from Morton County uh, Police Department of these two young women officers on there talking about the devastating effects of snowballs <laughs> they have had to endure from the Cans of people in below freezing weather, and they're worried about snowballs. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> How can you not laugh with her? <laughs> so, I watched that video multiple times too. If you couldn't understand everything she said, she was saying the Morton County sheriffs are are talking about the vicious, you know, vigilante uh, veterans and how um, they were attacking them with snowballs when the police were shooting people with water cannons and rubber bullets and mace and tear gas. And, I mean, they have barbed wire set up so that they cannot go across this bridge. They, they have concrete barriers. And literally, if anyone even approaches that bridge, they threaten to shoot them with rubber bullets. Like, it's just ridiculous. And they have been, you know, denying access to that bridge. So if anybody needs medical help, the medical help has to drive, you know, miles out of the way to get to the encampment. So you're telling me these same sheriffs, they're so scared and they're so disappointed in the veterans because <laughs> the veterans 
are throwing snowballs and they're cursing. I don't know if you've ever known anybody in the military, but I have. Typically, the military does not um, bring out the most positive vernacular of most people. Most military people, it, it ain't, you know, you end up catching on to whatever people are doing around you, and they cuss a lot. So they may or may not have, I, I, I don't know, they didn't have any video of, of this supposed snowball and cussing attack. But they may or may not have been cussing at the police officer. They may or may not have been throwing snowballs at them. We don't know. I do believe snowballs were probably thrown because there were something like three feet of snow that came down within a week or so. So, I mean, there was a huge storm, and there was snow everywhere. And some of the people there came from places where there's no snow ever. So, of course, they probably were making snow angels, too. But then again, I guess that would make them devils because they were making snow angels, right? I mean, seriously, you are doing everything short of of long-term damaging these people. You're torturing them just for having peaceful protests. But you're afraid of some snowballs, some freaking snowballs? Really? It just uh, Anyway, we got to listen to that again. I love her reaction. Let's listen again. Hey, Sharif Oitland here. Almost home um, from a great day in uh, New Orleans where we um, confronted Chase Bank and investors in the Dakota Access Pipeline. But I just saw this video from Wharton County uh, Police Department of these two young women officers on there talking about the devastating effects of snowballs <laughs> they have had to endure from the Brush fire. And guess who put it out? 
Native Americans, not the water cannons. Interesting, huh? So then the Morton County Sheriff, who was speaking, continued saying how they not only did they not spray the people with water, but then the people were being violent and they were they were being tolerant of their behavior. Again, no one has any video of any of this, so I I like proof of things if I can get it. And hey, provide me proof that they're being violent, and I'll believe you. But at this point, I have proof otherwise. I have I mean, all you have to do is Google Standing Rock or Dapple. That's all you have to do. They're being violent, and it's not going to stop. So actually, I found out that the show of force um, by the mili- I mean, by the militarized police, by the government officials, it prompted Amnesty International to send a team of, of observers to monitor how the law enforcement is handling the protests. And also, a United Nations group is investigating the tribe's allega- allegations that law enforcement is using excessive force and committing other human rights violations. So hopefully, the Morton County Sheriff's Department will be. Um, Locked up. <laughs> I don't even know what you could do to the to the. I mean, dismembered. I disband. I I don't know. Just defunded. I mean, we need police officers. We need sheriffs. We need we need these people. Law enforcement, but we need them to enforce law, not to to be the attackers. Um, and so a lot of people are wondering what's going to happen next. Well, the protesters aren't leaving. Most of the protesters, they know this isn't the end. It's not over, that this is all a ploy. It was a game move on the government's part to try to get people to leave so that those, they have less people to, to physically remove so that they can get the bulldozers in there and start clearing out the land and going under the water. But... A tribal leader um, told The Guardian in an article I read that the group is preparing for, quote, the last stand. And it does look like uh, law enforcement is preparing for the long haul, too. The Bismarck Tribune reported um, that North, the, the North Dakota Department of Emergency Services will receive $4 million in additional funding that it requested to support its responses to the protests. And that funding is on top of the $6 million they already got for the same purpose. Man, water cannons must be expensive. Rubber bullets, concussion grenades, stuff must be pretty pricey, huh? Maybe they should give peace a chance. Give peace a chance. Like the song says. So, what's next? Well, construction of the North Dakota portion of the pipeline is it's almost done. And it's quickly advancing towards the Missouri River, and the company has already said, we're not going to stop. And interestingly, if the pipeline is not completed and moving oil by January 1st, the developer's contract with shippers could expire. Reason many people are saying that the energy transfer partners, they are going to continue construction because – the the benefit of them ha- being in business and making all this money grossly outweighs the whatever piddly fine. I mean, it would be a big fine for you or me, but piddly fine for them since they're making billions of dollars here. So it will be meaningless because they stand to gain so much with the completion of the pipeline. A lot of people also – have mentioned in some of the videos I've read, I've watched, and some of the articles I've read, a lot of people mention how Donald Trump has has um, stock in the pipeline. He at one time he had between apparently five hundred thousand and a million dollars. Supposedly now he has less than ten thousand dollars or something. Um, either way, though, if he has stock in it, he believes that the pipeline should go. So even if Obama, because he sat on this so long, even if he were to stop it at this point, it's too late. If Trump wants for it to go through, he can make it. So we thought that our biggest fear was the TPP, 
and stupid Obama was trying to push the TPP. I say stupid Obama. He's very smart. He's very well educated. He's very well spoken. And he has very well crapped on America for eight years. I voted for him twice. I thought he was the hope, the change that we needed. Pink, which if you don't know about that, please listen to my first show I ever did, which was on the TPP. I did a ton of research trying to understand it. It is scary. And luckily, the same day that Donald Trump met with Obama, Obama came out hours later and said he's not pushing for the TPP anymore. The one good thing I can say about Donald Trump, other than, I mean, obviously how sexy he is, the one good thing I can say about him is that he was opposed opposed to the TPP from day one. And no, I did not vote Donald Trump. But I also did not vote for Hillary. Like telling me to choose between a shotgun on one side of my head or a machine gun on the other. No thanks. I'll just go away. Thanks. I'll choose peace. I gave peace a chance. I voted for Jill Stein, which oddly enough, Jill Stein raised like $3.5 million for her campaign throughout, you know, a series of months. And within just a few days, she was able to pull in $4.5 million for the recount. That tells you how many people, I mean, they're saying a lot of Hillary supporters were were donating to Jill Stein's um, fund, the recount fund. But it tells you how many people didn't care about who won until it was too late. It's just ridiculous. I did read, you know, I, I said I like to see both sides of the argument. I did read a lot about um, some of the people who do not want the people at Sandy Rock. And how some of the, the Standing Rock Sioux, like some of the people there, are not really protesting the pipeline necessarily. But it mentioned that, and I didn't realize this, but it mentioned that people were coming from all over the world. Japan, Russia, Germany, Australia, Israel, Serbia, Canada. And, of course, there's Americans going there from all different parts, all different corners of the United States. But... um Apparently, the investment in the pipeline is $3.7 billion. And these people are, are, a lot of them are not really fighting the pipeline or fighting for water, but a lot of them are, are there to stand in solidarity with the racial injustices against the indigenous people. A lot of them are there to um, try to stand against corporate greed. Um. And some of them are, are there to be there, let's be honest. If you don't have a lot going on, why not go hang out with a bunch of Native Americans, smoke their pipes? Why not? But the Sandy Rock Sioux call this reservation home, and they're, they're actually asking people to go home now that the permits have not been granted because they want their land back. So Robert Fulbear Sr., He's 54. He's the district chairman of Cannonball. And Cannonball is another river that runs off of that, the Missouri River. The town he runs has a population of about 840 people. And it's just a few miles from the Standing Rock area where they're protesting or camping out. It's so close that he said, given the face-offs with law enforcement, you have to pass through a police checkpoint just to reach his town. And he's had it with the protesters. He says that more than two years ago, when members of the Standing Rock Sioux tribe could have attended hearings to make their concerns known, they didn't care. (coughs) Excuse me. Now suddenly they do. I've read otherwise. I've read that they actually did voice their opinion beforehand, but it was always ignored. So I don't know. But his words were, it irks me. People are here from all over the world. If they could come from other planets, I think they would. And he said the presence of all the people has become downright nuisance to his community. Um, and he did mention some interesting things, but I, I, I just didn't think about these things happening. But, you know, because the, the encampment is basically full. I mean, it, it takes 
almost an hour to get into there or out of there because there are so many cars going in and out at any given time, especially now with all the veterans going out there. So he said not long ago he found three teenage girls from Ontario, Canada, camped out inside his storage shed. How much would that creep you out if you went outside to, to like, go get your lawnmower or go get, like, the, I don't know, snow shovel? And then, like, hey, three random strangers are living in your shed. And then a white woman from Spokane, Washington, came to see him for help, saying she'd come there with nothing and her car had broken down. Um, Then when he was at a casino recently, somebody approached him about two young kids who were on their own because their parents had been arrested. I laugh because it's sad. So they're arrested for standing up for themselves. They're arrested for 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 peacefully protesting. Like seriously, these people have been they, they've arrested over four hundred people. That's what I said earlier. Four hundred people. It's ridiculous. But then in another town called Fort Yates, it's about thirty miles south of the protest area. Um, when you drive into the into the town, it, like the populate, it's a teeny tiny town, population less than two hundred. But when you drive into the town, you you see like hand painted signs that announce oil and water don't mix, and the people there can't imagine how anyone would disagree with the water protectors. Some people point out that the battle isn't about the about race at all, because you know I said a, a lot of people are there for the indigenous people and all the genocide to them. But some people, it's not about race. It's about water. Not just the Native people, but about water. Because we don't get another earth. And, I mean, I'm no tree hugger. You know, I, I, I do things that are not good for the environment, I'm sure. But I do recycle. And I do try to, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. But I'm, I'm not no tree hugger. But this is Green Party Radio. So I do align with the Green Party's belief that it's not really a belief, it's proof we only have one earth it's our only earth and we can't live without water and I'm not exactly sure what crude oil what drinking crude oil would do to your body I'm guessing it wouldn't do good things I'm guessing we wouldn't make this a better planet if we all had crude oil in our water. I'm guessing the people who've invested in this pipeline money to buy bottled water all the time. In fact, the CEO at Nestle came out and said he does not think that clean drinking water is a human right. He didn't think so. Last time I buy anything from Nestle. What about you? I think clean drinking water is a right. I think it's the essential right. That along with like air, clean air. I mean, next are you going to tell me that you can just blow smoke in my face and I can't do anything about it because it's not my right? It's bull. It's ridiculous. I feel bad for the people at Standing Rock, but I commend them. I'm going out of the country soon. I've really thought about not coming back, honestly. Like, I know that sounds crazy. I'm like one of the conspiracy theorists. But seriously, I'll come back. I've thought about not coming back. Because it's crazy here right now. But we can each do our part. Spread the message. Spread fact. Spread truth. Tell people what's really going on. Tell people the, the truth, the facts. Facts will pre- present themselves, and you cannot dispute facts about things. The fact is over 400 people have been arrested. The fact is many, many people have been hospitalized for torturous acts on the, the militarized police's part. The fact is You can go and watch video of the government officials as well as the the paid security mistreating humans. 
how about we just go back to humanity and actually, you know, like try to compromise or try to figure another way out, right? It's a great idea, huh? Speaking of compromise, I'm doing my show on the um, lack of compromise in Syria. If you're not familiar with the Syrian conflict, don't feel bad. I didn't know anything about it either. Didn't really know where Syria was, <laughs> but I have started my research on that. And it's complicated. Um, and I don't know if, if the American government is doing the right thing or not. I don't know that anyone has the answer for that, but it's complicated stuff, but it's fascinating to me. So tune in next week at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. And you will learn all about the Syrian conflict. Have a good night. Have a nice life.